Dear Church Podcast. Maranatha, he cometh, behold in the sky. A shout, the voice, the trump of God, our Lord is drawing nigh. Before word was spoken, chose us that we should be to the praise of his glory to him eternally that's the maranatha song i was singing Long our college song halls i should learning, be heaven filled with joys and tears and blessed sacred memory shall be cherished through the years May our lives be spent for others, mm-hmm. going forth to reach the lost. Hiles Anderson, Hiles Anderson, lifting high his something cross. Three popes so gone, the queen on. lives on, we hate the IRA. <laughs> My school didn't have a song, but that was sung in the area of Northern Ireland where we lived. Uh, mine had one, we just I hope it didn't offend it. my Catholic listeners. <laughs> oh, every, all of them, I'm every sure Every time did. our college song is sung, you're supposed to stand. So like if a tour group came through my church and they break into blessed be God and the father creator whose son I'm supposed to stand. We had one, but we sang it twice a year, maybe, you know? And so I remember the first line from these halls of learning, we have sought the Lord. And that's it. That's all I remember. That reminds me of the halls of Montezuma. I lightly know the BCM college song, but I'd have to get some help. Hey, aren't you on the board? I am. I'm honorary alumni too. How would you, how would you guys describe your Bible college experience in a nutshell? Pressure. Mm, Well, okay. Good. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say good. Mine was good. It was different to yours. I know, but. Are you saying you're better than us? He said different. If he wanted to say better, he would have said better. (laughs) I read into things. I was, I was like a scarecrow. I am a. Independent fundamental Baptist pastor. (laughs) I was a scarecrow. I was outstanding in my field. My but experience no. was good in the fact that it was helpful in growing me up as much as it could. Right. You know, well, so would you say you went into Bible college? Maybe I'm not, I don't mean this as a joke, but immature. Yes, very much so. And I went, I went into Bible college and left Bible college so I could have a degree because it was what I was supposed to do. I wasn't really into learning to be, I mean, I'm just being dead honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I kind of viewed that, Maybe I'm cynical and maybe my own experience, but a lot of the younger guys were there because that's what they were supposed to do. And the married students, they were there to learn. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that makes sense. Married students were my favorite. Yeah. We used to always like. Because they were serious. Yeah. Tom, you said you said the, you're the only one who gave a different word. You said pressure. Hal's Anderson back in the day was a crucible. Hmm. I'm not sure that was bad. Uh, it certainly, I, I don't view it as bad from, I mean, I, there's things I disagree with it in retrospect, but it it's not a net negative in my life. That's not what I mean. Sure. But it pushed me. Where did the pressure come from? Like in what areas did you feel pressured? Uh, I felt financial pressure because I was paying for every dime of it myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt dating pressure, especially as I got further on and I couldn't seem to get married and you, everybody knows you can't pastor unless you're married. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was zero academic pressure. That's a whole other conversation. Well, that's was, kind of what I was, was wondering. A, well, here's the here's the biggest pressure was ministry pressure. Mm-hmm. So they right. pushed us everlastingly to to be spending more time out doing ministry and producing numbers and and souls and results. Right. 
And, you know, if, if you didn't, you know, you, you, you weren't going to succeed in the ministry. And if you couldn't hack the, the, the preaching that, that motivated you or manipulated you to do that, you, you wouldn't take the ministry and that, mm-hmm. that sort of, that sort of pressure to, to give all your money and give all your time and get something done. And that was huge. Hmm. Well, I think, like you said, not all of that's bad, right? I had- no, it's not. It, it, well, it hurt a lot of people, but if you come through the other side of it, mm-hmm. uh, I, and there's a lot of, a lot of wonderful things about it besides that. And I, that was, but that was not your question. You asked me a question to give you an answer. Well, it was, it hurt a lot of people. If you came out on the other side, you were better for it. Sounds like boot camp. Brother Howells used to say he wanted to use the tagline. He couldn't because he said some other school had it. But he said, this is the West Point of fundamentalism. Mm-hmm. So his mindset was very much military. And he was military himself, wasn't he? Was he was a paratrooper. Yeah. yeah. He, he very much viewed it as we're going to we're going to put a lot on you and see who see who lasts. Mm hmm. I find it interesting that in our discussions of Bible college experience, you got lots and lots of ministry experience and little theological training. And I got more theological training and less ministry experience. And that's, I went to a parachurch Bible college and you went to a local church Bible college. So, so you and I should start a college. It would be perfectly balanced. Is that what you're saying? Probably as long as I'm the president. (laughs) And for, for the sake of our listeners too, you know, we've, kind of predetermined this is not a what was right or wrong about our alma mater discussion. Mm. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and that's, that's, thank you for reminding me of that. Well, yeah. and no, you I, weren't. I don't mean that snarkily. You weren't snarkily? Is that a word? Snarkily. <laughs> doctrinally. <laughs> doctrinally. Martin Wickens. Martin say, Wickens says can doctrinally. Can you say doctrinally for us, Martin? <laughs> doctrinally? Yes, doctrinally. Thank you very yeah, much. Exactly. Yes, I had to think how I said it. Mm. <laughs> no, but I think a reflection on where we've come from is it, it's going to lead us into what we do want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Because I think when we look back and we see the strengths and weaknesses we left Bible college with, it frames what our expectations is are of, um, you know, <laughs> college to graduates. Be a grammar guy, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Yeah. It does. It's a burden. It's just the pressure to be always right. Uh, you would like, know. Yes. <laughs> um, I feel like the college I went to, it was a small scale thing. I mean, never more than like a dozen students. It was run part time. It heavily relied upon you doing your own research and it was pretty much all papers. So you'd have several hours of lectures, which was nothing compared to a full-time Bible school, but then you had to write a 5,000 word paper on the subject. And then I had to write a 30,000 word dissertation to graduate. Mm. Um, So, you know, there was a very heavy emphasis on theology. And all the teachers that they were local church pastors or missionaries, David Moore, Stephen Borland was some, you know, incredible teachers. I had Tom Fittis. He's now here in um, Tennessee. Um, and so I felt like I had a good mix of the theology in class, but also in practice, you know, we, we would go doing door to door work together. Um, so I felt like it was, it was balanced and it wasn't perfect, but I think it was, it was good. It gave me a good foundation. So if we're thinking along today's lines, young people graduating high school, uh, perhaps um, young people currently in Bible college, you know, I think I think it, what we want to center this discussion around is is how to be a help to them, to encourage them. Um, and for that matter, I think we have to kind of let them know our, our thoughts on a few things. And one is, you know, how do you view the value of Bible college today right now? I mean, what what's your what's your thought on sending a young person to Bible college? 
My answer to that would be the fact that the responsibility to train preachers would be the local church's responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I think as a, a local church and obviously pastorally led in the fact that can can a pastor of a local church feel like he can adequately adequately train young men that have been called to the ministry to the point that he feels comfortable myself there would be cases perhaps if a man's married with many children that and has a good job and he feels the call of god to preach would i view a a practical move for him to uproot leave a very good job to go join a, there might be cases where i would send him a bible cause there might be cases where i would just you know, make the time to train him. But I think for young men personally, the way I I view it as a pastor is I think there's good reasons for them to go off to a Bible college and begin to, especially if they've been homeschooled to be in a, in a situation where their wings are clipped a little bit um, on very practical levels um, and then challenged in a classroom. And I think they can get some really good training there, but I, I still view even sending off young men to the a Bible college that they're going to intern in our church at least one summer and get the influence of, of our ministry philosophy and just, you know, and they've already been influenced by my theological philosophy. So you would, you would go ahead. I want to come back to you, Russ, though, because you haven't answered that question. All you did was ask it, but Mm -hmm. you're the most recent Bible college. I knew that was going to come up. (laughs) So how, how would you answer that question? I would say there's a lot of positives um, in the idea of sending a young man or a young woman to Bible college. And I think those, I think they were the same. I think they're the same now as they were when I went to Bible college. Okay. So if, if now as a pastor of seven years, I'm looking at sending young people to further their education specifically in ministry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally on board with sending them to a Bible college, but I like what Steve said because it's almost like it's with caveats that the, the home church pastor does not just throw his hands up in the air and say, I'm done now. It's someone else's job because, and that's not what happened with me. I'm just saying that it shouldn't happen. And I think that's a great way to kind of, you know, pivot on this conversation is, is that young people have got to be prepared for this. Bible college is not, man, I tell you what, wait, if we're not careful, Bible college, we go into it as young people thinking it's like camp mm-hmm. and, and that should not be the case. Um, well, I'm convinced that's the reason that so many freshmen drop out. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because it's been sold to them that way. Okay, so is it that, feels that way at, at the beginning. Oh it yeah, there's really a does. there's an energy there. You know, I went to what I would say is a small school in Golden State Baptist College. I mean, at the time I was going there, they had just under 400 students, if my memory serves me correctly. And while I was there, they would they would hit that 400. You know, at the beginning of a year, maybe kind of thing. Um, I don't think that's small. I'd say that's average. Okay, so that's a good big. that's a good size. But but you have to understand compared to the local high school. That's small. Well, yeah. <laughs> Compared to the local university. I mean, we have two here in Evansville. That's small. So, but here I am, you know, a Christian school kid in a small Christian school going into a 300, 400 student Bible college felt huge. Also a very well, big church. Very. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what I, what I think we need to emphasis, emphasize, uh, what we should emphasize maybe is it, it, that could be a help is not just how to prepare yourself, but, but recognizing what Bible college actually is. And, and what's the one statement you say the most after you go to Bible college? I didn't learn this at Bible college. That's exactly right. (laughs) Which sounds like a criticism and it's not, not usually criticism. It's a statement of growth. Correct. Correct. Do you think a lot of students are prepared 
adequately by their local church before they go. Now I'm speaking as an outsider here again, but no, I think from I think what I've observed, of- it feels like sometimes Bible schools have to teach things that kids should already know. Have, have any of you guys read Ryan Hayden's book about uh, choosing Bible college or preparing for Bible mm-hmm. college? No, I just, I just read it a few weeks ago. It's not in depth. It's written f- geared toward like a high school senior, but he walks through some of those things in a simplistic way, but a very helpful way. Mm. Uh, and, and I think it's a great resource. I, I'm not sure I'm using the name of it right. Uh, not Ryan Aiden, Ryan Wrench. Yes. Uh, okay. I, I, yeah, uh, I was yeah. going to ask you if that's what you meant. Sorry, it's Ryan. <laughs> Apologies, Brother Wrench, if you listen to this podcast. Yes. Uh, I just I messaged you and told you I books, thank you for the book. Way. Yeah. And, and I plan, I read it, I plan, to, I plan to give out copies of it and to teach it to, you know, to, to take over the teen class and teach it a couple of times. I'm curious as to you guys' philosophy on this. Would you want your young people going to a theology heavy school or a practical ministry heavy school? Why do we have to choose? I would find one that That's does both. Question. And yeah. if I can't find one that does both, mm-hmm. I will start one. Oh, is that a threat? It's a, <laughs> are you joining Thomas a College? Oh, I'm so not doing a college. I'll come teaching <laughs> yours when you started though. No, I won't because yeah, I don't like to travel. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we'll well, no, that, that, but that answer, sarcastic as it may be, um, what do you mean by it? I, I'm not against big Bible colleges, Bible schools. I think there are a number of reasons that are too lengthy for this episode, but I I favor a more mentor-based local church setup, and there are expertise that I think it would be good to bring in or to send the students out for, but I would like to see more in-church training taking taken place. Yeah. And the reasons for that are more lengthy than this podcast can go into, and you know, but you know, again, I don't think it should be like Tom said, one or the other. Um, I think we should look for a college that does both. I but think colleges are getting better about this. I do too. Because I think they, un- they they felt that criticism, the colleges of 20, 30 years ago that were geared to, like Steve, you spoke of your alma mater, Maranatha, being too academic. And I spoke of mine, House Anderson being not academic enough. I think both of those and other independent Baptist colleges, for example, have heard that feedback and are trying to address it. But- Here's the issue is if you go to a parachurch Bible college, which in the culture of independent fundamental Baptists of this day, that's somewhat of a rarity. But if you go to a parachurch Bible college, practical training becomes very difficult because ministry goes in and through the local church. So, you know, we went to local churches. There was a long list of approved churches, which in within, you know, a hundred mile radius or whatever. So people would go. So, as far as a Bible college that doesn't function through one local church, the practical those- side only happens in a classroom and all of my church ministry classes, you know, and I don't think it's the professor's fault or maybe it was, I don't know. And I had different professors for those classes, but it was all classroom, you know, and then I learned ministry in the local churches I went to and, and my home church back home over the summers. And I had to sit out some semesters and stuff. So my practical part of ministry was the mentorship of the youth pastor of our church at that time, which was never really my youth pastor. He came the summer after my senior year, Brian Tannis, and he's my father in the faith, everything in ministry. I don't do, I don't do ministry without thinking what he taught me. Uh, uh, just a question. We can hit it and come back. Do you think that parachurch Bible colleges in today's IFB is more rare than it used to be? Yes. I think For it's very rare. I mean, not yeah. for graduates. 
Okay. Right. Lots and lots of Christian school graduates are going to Pensacola, doing Liberty Online, stuff like that. Right. Is Pensacola but, a parachurch, though? Well, I don't know. Uh, I would really put it in that category leaves, because but, of the outcome of what you're saying, I guess. But I see your see, point. I wouldn't because they have a church there. I mean, and again... We open a can of worms. Yeah. And start yeah. talking. Well, that's yeah. that's not the point. Right. But but I don't. But I look at that in that category, regardless. You know what I mean? But I, and so I that's understand. my point. Yeah. But but you're right. I agree with the outcome. I agree that 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 tends to be more the case. Uh, where I went at Golden State, I felt there was a lot of practical ministry training. Um, I already said I think my overall impression of my Bible college training was good, but that has a lot to do with one thing. <laughs> and I don't want to over-spiritualize this and I don't want to make, try to make myself look better in the sense that that's not my attempt here. But the reason that I went away, I think was such a good impression is because I went in having the peace of God as, as to where I was going. Uh, I'm, I'm glad for you about that, but right. that doesn't necessarily equal for everybody. Okay. But that's not, well, that, I'm not criticizing you. About well, that. because I know that's where God wanted me. Through yeah. through prayer, I, I can take whatever came and say, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Mm. I understand. I respect that. Does that make sense? It does. That, that's a mindset thing. And you have to understand when I went in there, I heard a statement. There were there were a few things that that I the Lord, the Lord showed me before I went. And one of them was I heard that statement that you said earlier. They didn't teach me this in Bible college before I went to Bible college. And I picked up on it. Don't ask me where I couldn't tell you. But before I went, I picked on the up on the reality that this was not the end all of my training for ministry. That's foundational because if you don't, God has a wonderful way of teaching, mm -hmm. right? of maturing his men, of growing his men. And God knows the strengths and weaknesses of where you're going to go. Mm -hmm. And if your heart is yielded to him and you follow him, he will, f he will work on those in your life. And so uh, for you to go and to keep a mindset, this is, this is the foundation. This is the beginning. I'm going right. to keep a good spirit, a good attitude. I'm going to embrace, I'm going to learn what I can. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to spit in the, in the food of, you know, if I don't like it, I'm going to learn what I can, but this is just the beginning of my learning, the beginning of my growth. It is not the end of it. I think that's, that's an essential thing to, to handle yeah. Bible college and post Bible college. And, and the other thing is, is that I recognize that the sword was forged in the furnace of my local church. But it was sharpened at the institution that I went to. And that's that was, a great way to put it, because I, I think the Bible colleges need to be seen as supplemental to the local church and not the other way around. Yeah, and the one exists. Yeah, you know, which one exists with the other one? And I like the way that you put that. That's and whether good. you're in Bible college now or going into Bible college soon or you've graduated from Bible college, I don't think that that changes the truth of what we're talking about right now. It does not. You've got mm -hmm. to have the mentality and understanding of what you're going into, because if you look at it as the end all for your, your training in ministry, yeah. And the other thing that I can't remember the other thing because I got on that one, but the, <laughs> well, I think, I think the word commencement plays to that. And I think it's a brilliant word. Yeah. Right. It's not the end. It's the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Is this my own experience? Would you guys all testify to the fact that in your ministry training, there was a guy or maybe it was more than just a guy that discipled you you know, second Timothy two, two, the things that thou hast learned, you know, mm -hmm. commit thou to yeah. faithful men, which yes. shall be able to teach others also. You know, I mentioned Brian Tannis, my mentor in the ministry, and he taught me so much. I just shadowed him. And, you know, I, I think guys need that. And I think, I think there has to be a willingness to find that guy to shadow. And, and I, you know, my pastor, David Cummins growing up, he mentored me from a distance. John Getch is someone I greatly look up to. I was called to preach under ministry. 
he mentored me, I guess, from a distance of me listening to his sermon tapes. Yes, I'm that old. I listen to sermon tapes hundreds of times, but there's those people that impact you. And I think that is that is part of the Bible college experience. Perhaps you, you, you attach some of those people there, but then also in local church ministry. One of the absolute best parts of Bible college is when you find it doesn't have to be a professor, but but someone with a pastoral heart and some ministry experience who will take you under their wing and will without you know, we'll, we'll, we'll accept, put up with your mistakes, mm-hmm. put up with your questioning, put up with your immaturity, mm-hmm. your, your arrogance, and will will mentor you. I, yes. Yeah. I, and I could give a similar list to what you just gave. I won't for the moment, but absolutely. Right. And I think it's, in, it's good. Any young guys listening to find a guy Amen. and bother him as much as he'll let you. I remember, <laughs> I remember Amen. Pastor yeah. Ryan, I remember being in his house and stuff. And one day his son, when he was about three or four years old, looks at me and goes, why are you always at my house? <laughs> it was kind of, it was kind of embarrassing and it's hard to embarrass me when it comes to stuff like that. But, um, but it, to me, it was a testimony of the fact that I, I, I made a decision to, and, and I got mocked for that. And honestly, biblically, I think when you see Elisha following Elijah, I think the other prophets were mocking him. They were mocking him. Like, you know, you're losing your head or something like that. They were saying to him and, but he had a double portion of blessing. And I think young guys need to be willing to bother a guy. What was that verse? They're losing what your verse? head. You're, Elisha, you've gone mad, bro. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> Martin but and his, I just looked at each his, other like, what? Doesn't it say that? I, I need to look that this biblical up. Is, no, I, I know on, you're, right? you're going off of memory. It's Paul so. and Timothy. It's yeah. Moses and Joshua. It's Jesus and the apostles. Oh, yeah. it's, mm. it's found from one end of the Bible to the other. I, well, Go ahead. How then does a student, like even take someone like Golden State, which you say is small, yeah. I understand what you mean. You got 400 students. How do they find a personal mentor? And then uh-huh. what of the local church? And I, again, that's another conversation, so I won't go there. But how, you know, so we hope that students can listen to this. And if you're a Bible student listening to this, share it with your friends. Um but how how can we advise them to find a mentor in the traditional Bible school setup? I'm going to be very spiritual in my answer. You're always spiritual. Steven. No, this is rare. Um, I think God has to do that. And that the that the individual who wants that and desires that needs to start praying about it now and start praying, maybe not even praying specifically for that, but praying for God to, to lead them and to, and to teach them. You know, ultimately we know, and this is not, this is again, another spiritual answer, but the Holy spirit is our teacher. Mm -hmm. And I believe part of the way he teaches us is by guiding us to people who know the answer. And I can think, I think of one particular guy who was a teacher there for two years, maybe a year actually, while I was there, he was there for two years. Um, and he, he took a, a liking to me and I took a liking to him and I could walk in his office and I could text him and I could call him, um, anytime, and he was very experienced in ministry and he would tell me things that he wouldn't say in the classroom, like just personal advice. And he would take time for me. Uh, Dr. Treber took time for me. I mean, he just did. And, and I'm very, very grateful for that. But ultimately, you know, the other side of it is, is you've got to go after it. You got to pray about it. Then you got to go after it. So that was what I was going to say. And your answer is right. Uh, spiritual, but allow me to give the pragmatic answer. Huh. Oh, this is new. Huh. <laughs> We're getting somewhere on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. We're viewing you, you, compromise. You're making me <laughs> You find a man who, when you hear him, he speaks to your heart and you're like, that's what I want to be. And then you haunt him. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 
Do yeah. whatever you have to do in your schedule to be in every class, to be in the ministry he's in. Yep. And then when he does interact with you, are not rude. When he interacts with you, you are teachable. You do what he says. Yeah. You make yourself investable and you make yourself mm. available. And those two things produce Key. then that mentor, is mentee a word? <laughs> that, uh, isn't that the word? that relationship. We'll, we'll say it, it is. It develops the mentorship. Thank yeah. you. Well, Randy Alcorn wrote a great book called The Invested Life. Hmm. And the basic premise of that is everyone should be mentoring someone and everyone should be seeking to be mentored by someone. Yeah, and so I think you know we're we're right in emphasizing that the student needs to seek someone out. And I love what you said about being teachable, because uh, that's an axe I've got to grind with some Bible students, mm. you know, or Bible graduates I, that they they reach some point where they're just not teachable, and they've got to be. I think you're talking just, about graduates. You're talking about like people yeah. who are out of school, and all of a sudden they know it all. Yeah. All right. Um, I, re I repent of my ways. I'm sorry. Well, guys. well, but then the other side of that is the mentor has to be willing to yes. be taught. Uh, yes. Has to be willing to teach. Yes. Yeah. And you know, you hit on something that I heard uh, Les Ola say, and that's a name some of you might not recognize, but he's a great guy. He's a mm -hmm. good writer. Yeah, he is. Um, is he dead? No, <laughs> he's not. That's awful. I see what you did. Is Randy Alcorn dead? I, I'm just making sure right. I check list. I understand. So, are you expecting he, me to be consistent, Russ? And this is this is good <laughs> and alliterated this for us. Hang on a second. My job in this podcast is not to be consistent. It's to be the sage. I'm the beard. Don't expect consistency. I'm just okay. Supposed to be wise. Okay, check. Right. No expectations or low expectations Thank are the you. way to go. <laughs> what Dr. Olala said that I thought was a helpful thing, and it's alliterated for us conveniently, is that every every preacher should have a pattern, should have a pal, and should have a project. Yeah, and, you know, and you could alliterate it this way, too. You have a father, have a friend, and have a follower. And I, th I think that's an, a needed thing. And something mentioned earlier in second Kings two, three and verse five. Oh, we've researched the, the sons now. of the prophet said, knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today. And he answered, say, yeah, he, yeah, I know it. Hold ye your peace. In so which we see. That's Steve where I got Rudnick that from. Knows how to work his Bible program and talk at the same time. <laughs> well, I was just, I know my Bible and I had mentioned that and I just couldn't quote it perfectly. So I, I thought I would share that for, for Bible reference, you can go to Second Kings chapter two for the that uh, Elisha and Elijah. And I find it interesting too that when Elijah is taken, Elisha calls him father. He says, "My father, you know, oh father." Or father. There I go paraphrasing it again. I should look it up. But um, <laughs> well, I think another key, if if we're able to kind of move beyond some of what we've already discussed, is then is the proper attitude. Uh, I hear a lot of guys, and this is a concern for me is a lot of guys are, are blaming some of their ministry failures mm. on their education. Uh, and, and that, you know, that may at times be valid. I don't know, but what I, what I don't like is the, is the continual propagation of this idea that, um, you know what, if I had had, if I'd had, had a better college training and now my parents didn't make me go where I went. So maybe that factors into the way that some people feel about it. Cause your dad made you go here. Your mom made you go there. But I went there out on, on my own free will and based on the the prayer that that we put into making the decision and all that. And I felt like it was the Lord's will. Um, I still feel like it was the Lord's will. And I know the things that God did for me and in me and now does through me that are, I think, a, a product, if you will, of some of my training. Yeah, I think it's that personal responsibility, isn't it? Yeah. And you can be put in the best 
circumstances in the world and completely fall on your face. The Garden of Eden? Yes. Where's yeah, that found, exactly. Steve? Where's that in the is that Genesis? Let's give him a few minutes to look it up. He'll tell us in about five minutes. He'll circle back. We'll, we'll circle back. But then, you know, you look at John Bunyan. John Bunyan, what did he spend, 12 years in jail? On and off. On and off. And yet he wrote hmm. something like 60 books. And so he didn't turn around and say, oh, man, I could have written books if I wasn't in jail all the time. Uh, maybe it was being in jail. He had the quiet time to do it. I don't know. Right. But, he, you know, you, we can make excuses. And, and like you said, Stephen, I think you're right. Sometimes people do get dealt a bad hand. They get sent somewhere they don't want to go or just circumstances in life are not always what we would want them to be. But even but then, at some point you've got to stop and you've got to say, you know what? I, I'm going to take responsibility for myself now. Correct. My yes. academics weren't what I wanted them to be. I'm going to go and read a book. My, my practical teaching wasn't what I wanted it to be, but I'm going to go and learn. My alma mater is the, is the, the big punching bag of the independent mass movement, right? And I accept that. But there's a statement I've made in counseling. It's not original with me. Uh, again and again and again. Your response is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. You're not responsible for what was done to you. You're yep, responsible yep. for what what you do with it as a result. Yep. Mm. And I mean, this whole idea of, well, I, you know, I, I got beat up. I got brutalized. I got manipulated. I got this or that or the other. What? You don't have the Holy Spirit. You don't have the grace of God. Yeah. You don't have, the, you don't have this, the Bible's not sufficient for you. Right. You know, all, there's so many biblical teachings that would speak contrary to that. There's so many things that where, where you would find, you know, what God says that would, would help you with that sort of a thing. So mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of, I want to be, I want to be patient ministering to individuals in that situation, but overall. Yeah. We're compassionate. Don't, we're compassionate don't, yeah, to don't those. minimize the hurt of someone going through. I mean, that those are real. No, it's not. Things yeah. Take, you're right. Steve. But you can't embrace the pain. You've got to, it's, you know, it's one thing to, to help someone deal with that hurt. It's another thing to let them wallow in it. Right. Yes. I understand. Yes. Check. <laughs> and and the reason, the reason I agree with both of you on that is because sometimes you do you know, have a bad experience. Mm. Um, however, however, even in that, when Martin said that, you know, sometimes you get dealt a bad hand. As soon as you said that, I thought, yeah, but even then the only way out is to take that personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. And well, if I'm, if I'm constantly bemoaning what happened and, and making, boy, I don't know, guys, this is just my own temperament and personality. So I got to be careful that I, that I'm clear on that. I don't, you're going to, you're going to have a different perspective than I do. And that's, that's, we need to hear that. But my own temperament and personality is, is that what's in the past is in the past. We've got to move forward. I don't, I didn't say we don't address it. I didn't say we don't acknowledge it, but we've got to move on from it sometime. Right. But, and that's my responsibility. Let me me hopefully clarify. And this is a slight pushback and that is the whole personal responsibility thing. Cause if someone is listening, that is wallowing, that is hurting, that got burned because there are bad churches out there. There's bad Bible colleges out there. There's bad preachers out there and they burn and they hurt people. And if you are in that wallow state, more than pulling yourself up and biblical, you know, personal responsibility, it's the example I think we see in Job as Job wallowed, I think, and his friends helped him in that his friends attacked him. It's, you know, God said, Job, where were you when I laid the foundations? Where were you? And it was that he was then plugged into God and into God's plan and God's strength, realizing God can make something out of it rather than, you know, this has destroyed me. It's something that then God can make through me. So I would say it is a personal responsibility. Well, what did the potter it's do? It's not personal strength. It's turning. No, well, no one, no one has said that. You're good. 
No. Right. I understand that, but I'm I'm just trying to fine tune it, I guess. Pushback wasn't the right no, word. No, refine it is, is a good yeah, word I'm for it. And that's, that's what this is for. Because that's well, personal in my life because sure. I faced those things. Sure. And Not that I've been burned in ministry, but in my upbringing, there was some look, hidden bitterness. So in any, in any home, Christian or not, in any Bible college, I almost said Christian or not, uh, but any Bible college, <laughs> you're going to learn, you're going to learn two things. You're going to learn how to do things and you're going to learn how to not do things yeah. or how not to do them, you know? And that's the same. I mean, my, my dad, praise God for his honesty with me is he told me, he said, you're going to learn a lot of things from me. Some is going to be, some are going to be what to do and some what not to do. And he said, I want you to go beyond where I am. That was repeated to me over and over again. And maybe, maybe that's why going into Bible college, I realized, Hey, you know, this is not a perfect place, but I didn't major on that. I didn't, I didn't, Mm. I didn't bear down on the fact that this isn't perfect. And, and I I just, I just got what I think God wanted me to get there. And I probably missed some things that I should have got. And I probably still have a lot of things to learn. Steve and I are the opposite of you in the sense of you're the most recent college graduate, Russ. Mm -hmm. Steve and I graduated in the nineties, mid nineties, 95, 96 for you. I think yes, Martin's just a tweener is in the it's previous millennium. But the, <laughs> I find the, the, the further I'm removed from my college years. Sure. And maybe this is human nature. The less the negative part of it bothers me. Mm-hmm. And the more I see value out of that, out of even those negative things. Right. Some of that is natural human nature. Some of that I think is as the Lord has grown, has has attacked my pride viciously. When, That's a powerful statement. When when he when he uh, Isaiah says stain your pride. Hmm. Uh, God, when God stains your pride, you look back and you're not as arrogant as you were, insisting that they were wrong about this and this and this. You see them as being loving, as being as doing the best they could. In the process of that, they made some mistakes, but you you get more charitable and more gracious in your own spirit toward them which only helps you move forward for the cause of Christ. Amen. I think my pastor used to say, and it probably wasn't original with him, um, but he would say, you either get better or you get bitter. Yeah, right. And I think too many are making the choice to to get bitter. And so I think it's, I understand what you're saying, Steve, that there does need to be compassion towards those who have had, you know, difficult times. And, and we're not even going towards those who have had you know, full scale abusive situations, which, you know, kind of hit on or are crossing legal lines. I mean, we're we're kind of more thinking about, you know, I say this guardedly, so please don't anyone complain, but kind of lesser kinds of of injustice. injustice. Um, But I think until they, they say, you know what, I have got to now take the responsibility to trust the Lord. Mm -hmm. Because until they do that, you know, they're they're never going to turn to the Lord and trust in him the way that Job did, the way that so many other biblical examples did, um, until they take responsibility for what they need to do. Because the past has definitely shaped them, but it doesn't have to determine their future. I think I think one of the reasons I won't let anyone take away the the appreciation I have for my Bible college experience is less spiritual and more personal. Um, and it's one of the reasons, and that is that I can still remember, maybe because I'm the most recent Bible college graduate. No comment. <laughs> but I can still remember the enormous feeling and and it wasn't overwhelming and intimidating. It was like this sense of fulfillment that I don't think I'd ever felt before the day that I graduated, knowing that that regardless of whether this place is perfect or any of those things, I worked hard. God helped me. 
He blessed me. And I, I remember I got, I graduated and got married in the same year, same spring and summertime. And oh my goodness, how different those emotions were. But that Bible college commencement was the finality of something that I'd worked so hard for. It's wonderful. And it was like, oh my goodness, the weight of it was just amazing. And I'm, I'm not worshiping an institution when I say that. It was yeah. personal for me. Your and, blood, 12, sweat and tears. Yeah, yeah. It, absolutely. It was that senior year where I was getting engaged. I was working full time. I was taking all of those credit hours. I was going to bed every night at 2 a.m. I was getting up at 730 to be at class at eight. I was doing, you know, all of those different things that you remember. And it's like, man, wow, God, God helped me because Amen. I couldn't. And, and also, and this is maybe something we've got to we, we can use to segue into our, our final thought here is I remember as a freshman typing my papers. And thinking, I got this. Boom, 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 boom. I mean, I, my fingers were flying on the keyboard. And as a senior, agonizing over a paper, thinking, I have no clue what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm doing. It's it's like pastoring. You go in and say, ah, man, this is great. And then now, in my case, seven years later, you, you were agonizing over things that you thought that used to come easy to you because you, the importance and urgency of it weighs heavier and as I got close to my graduation, I thought, man, this has got to be a good paper. This has got to, I've actually got to really push here. So what that leads me to then, if, if you don't mind, go ahead. I was going to segue into something. I don't know where you're segueing, but I would segue that feeling, that finish feeling <laughs> is to put the reminder out there to finish. Amen. Yeah. And it's worth finishing. Amen. And anyone yeah. listening that's in Bible college you're going to have people around you that are down in the mouth that show bad things that happened at the college that, you know, I can learn better this way and that way. And boy, when I went to Bible college, there were so many guys that didn't last a second semester, a second yeah. year that they were just, you know, and I'm, I'm glad I finished and I could have found every excuse not to, I could have acted like I could be better trained somewhere else, but if your pastor counsels you and you head to Bible college and you start it, finish it, I would yeah. say finish it the one you're in and realize it's probably not the best place on the planet, but the other ones aren't the best place on the planet either. Let me say this, that I've, I know a lot of people who didn't finish Bible college and went into ministry. Now, let me just say, you don't have to graduate from a Bible college sure. for God Amen. to bless your ministry. Amen. Okay, right. Nobody here believes that. But it's amazing. The, the consistent theme that I see in most of those guys is it bothers them. It bothers them until they go somewhere and finally finish a degree. And that's also yeah. pretty rare that that happens. Yeah. too. Yeah, that's true. So I've kind of refined that a little bit, though. And this this sure. may be, you know, but finish it if you're where God wants you to be. OK, <laughs> but, but you just but can, I, can I refine there. your yeah, refinement? <laughs> you Bible college students are notorious Okay, let me use myself instead of throwing them all into the bus. Mm -hmm. My concept of the will of God and of grasping the will of God was infantile in Bible college. Mm. And it would have been very easy for me to, to overreact to some fairly in the, in, in the big scheme of things, innocuous thing, and take my bat and ball and go home. Right. So I want to, I want to, I want you I'll to qualify hit. what you if, just if said you, with that. Yeah, you, you need to be. Well, there are right. there are bad Bible colleges out there. I mean, there are Bible colleges that are not turning out a good product. Can you name them? Stop. Just kidding. Yeah. Just kidding. Stop. If you're at Oral Roberts, in, just quit. Yeah. <laughs> well, in alphabetical order. No, but I mean, um, 
No, but there, there are colleges out there which are not not turning out a good product. And I think it's I, my big weakness is if I start a book, I have to finish it. Yeah. But there are some books yeah. which are awful. Yeah, but you finish it. But, you know, uh, but it's a minuscule investment compared to four years of college. Right. I, I don't you disagree know, with that. But, so, but I think the huge, the much yeah. bigger problem is on the side of people who quit when they shouldn't. I, I, I got a, this is a rabbit trail quote, but what you just said reminds me of a quote I saw recently on Twitter or something. It said, it said the key is to know what books to stop reading and the ones to read twice. Mm-hmm. Something, something to that effect. I can I'm think of three that. people should read twice. <laughs> Where can they be bought? <laughs> when it all comes down to the money. Uh, listen, let's go into this real quick. And I think we can close it out because we're out of time. But for those who are in Bible college, although that is a, we just talked about finishing. They have to have a, a mindset to continue learning yes. after Bible college. And that mindset acknowledges a lot of things. It acknowledges that I got a four-year degree, maybe a master's, whatever, you know, whatever your degree is. I got this degree. I completed that course, but I have a lifestyle or a lifetime ahead of me rather Mm -hmm. where I'm not done. And that statement that comes up, they never taught me this at Bible college is going to be said over and over and over again. So I'm going to go and I'm, and I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up when it's time for ministry. There were things Mm -hmm. I didn't know about about hospital visits, but I went and the way I learned how to make hospital visits was by making them yeah. funerals and weddings and all that. I mean, you got to have a little more structure than that, but, but does, does that make sense? They have yes. to have yeah. a mindset of now I got to go out and get the experience. Exactly. And th- that's where you hit on something too. And that is the, the other ditch and that's taking your education where you just never leave school. And there are certain guys that then go out and there's nothing wrong with getting your master's. And if you want to go out and get your earned doctorate, that's fine too. But at some point, you've got to put it into practice and Mm -hmm. your learning does continue, but it's not keeping your nose in the book, but it's actually using what God's given you. Hebrews 514, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And it's using God's word. It's putting it into practice. It's putting ministry into practice. That is where you ultimately learn. In the business world, there's a concept called continuing education, which is required in a lot of vocations because things yeah. change. And so you must, mm-hmm. you know, in order to keep certificates and things, you have to continue your education. By definition, the ministry is one of those. We are constantly yes. teaching others. And if you are not constantly learning, you will very soon run out of things to say, which will produce a very bad ministry. Mm-hmm. If there's ever a vocation that calls for a constant pursuit of learning, of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, as Solomon said in Proverbs, it is the ministry. So Bible college can be a great thing. It's not the end all. Protect your spirit in that regard and your understanding and your and your your expectations. But uh, but enjoy it while you're there. Enjoy it while you're there and, and make sure that you're in the will of God and go forward. And um, I think it'd be a really great thing. As the most recent Bible college graduate among us, Russ, we all nominate you to be the man who writes the letter to the church. Okay. Dear church, along the path of church history, we've seen institutions founded for the purpose of producing and shaping young people into Christian servants. From Elijah and the School of the Prophets to the modern day Bible college, these institutions have created environments in which pressure is applied and an outcome is achieved. So how should we view this now? I admit the decision of 
whether to pursue Bible college or not, is between the individual and God, and should include counsel from trusted, proven spiritual leaders. But should you choose to attend a Bible college, or if you are in Bible college now, take these things into consideration. First, no institution will ever prepare you for every situation you'll encounter in ministry. One day you'll join scores of people who find themselves musing, they didn't teach me this in Bible college. Wherever you train for ministry, choose that institution carefully by prayer and godly counsel. Find the peace of God in your decision. Be sure to find godly mentors and learn from them as they follow the Lord. Don't expect an institution to do what relationships with godly men and women are designed to do. When you're there, invest yourself. Study and work hard. You won't find a perfect institution, but you can certainly do what only you can do and apply yourself and have a strong work ethic. And when graduation day comes, remember, it's just the beginning. Once you're in ministry, take responsibility for yourself. Put into practice what you've learned for God and for good and let the Lord deal with the rest. And when you find yourself facing what you didn't learn in Bible college, get back to learning and press forward. May the swords of our service be forged in the local church and then sharpened at the institution of God's choosing. Your friends, Martin, Tom, Steve, and Stephen. Thank you.